Welcome to Rally Bites Radio on the 15th of October 2015 at the, the new time of uh, 3.30 due to a different uh, time for picking up the child from the school. You have to change your times to 3.30. Um, got Alan Watt on the line and uh, it's a bit, a bit of a, a different show this week. It's just a kind of general chat about whatever comes up instead of a specific subject. I don't know if uh, you've got any particular things you want to talk about, Alan, but um, I've got a couple of things here, but uh, we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, go ahead. and Yeah. I've got a thunderstorm one at the go at the moment, so you, you might hear me cutting out or whatever. Yeah. Okay, no problem. Uh, we have them here often. Um, we mentioned off here well, a month ago or so uh, the new legislation that had been brought in here regarding um, guns and it's uh, talking talking about thunderstorms and you know weather events or whatever. Um, in the case of an emergency, uh, of which um, Florida was added to a list of. Uh, of um, states which were included in some exercise not so long ago uh, at the last minute and uh, at the same time they, they passed legislation that said that uh, if, if should there be a national emergency or, or, you know, a freak weather event, a hurricane or, or whatever that uh, people would be allowed to take their firearms with them uh, which was quite handy for the authorities considering that they had to go house to house uh, when Katrina hit and yeah. try and confiscate them but now they're, they're talking about um, bringing in legislations to say that um, open carry in, in Florida will be legal. Um, and you've you got to wonder that uh, at a time when it's all about um, gun control and, and Obama is, is never out of the, the news saying, oh, we need to take the guns after the latest um, you know, school shooting or, or whatever, um, you've got to wonder why they want people to open carry. And the only thing that came to mind for me was because they want to see who's got them. Oh, that will definitely be part of it, I'm sure. And uh, it, it depends who who gets them as well. Uh, the thing is, of course, you you have all these initiatives under the United Nations to do to total disarmament for a peaceful world that was signed way back in the fifties, I think. And um, that agenda has always been on the go. But uh, years ago, with one of the first school shootings, I was asked on the air at the time, uh, "When will this stop?" I says, "Well, when they get what they want, they'll be they'll be shooting after a shooting because." There definitely are people uh, who are unstable uh, that uh, are allowed to get the firearms. And uh, there's no reason for that because they do, they're supposed to do background checks already in the States. And uh, they know who's who and so on. So it's been encouraged to an extent as well uh, to get them to certain people who definitely are unstable. There's, remember, there's not one single person today who's on the nets or they have the iPhones or whatever, uh, that isn't getting monitored. They've got whole personality profiles and everybody. They know what they're talking about, so what their beefs are, their problems, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, uh, they know who, 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 who can get uh, triggered off, you might, you might say, uh, to go and do something uh, at the right time uh, to cause more and more problems. So it, it's, uh, it's really... Um, it, 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 there's many different sides to, to, the, to the actual uh, thing that they're doing right now in, in itself. Uh, they might want more violence, uh, and they, more, they might, as I say, uh, uh, want the ones who are unstable to go and do something crazy. Remember, too, that they have all the universities and MIT and so on monitoring uh, everybody's stuff all the time. And uh, they know that there's copycats and especially in today's system, there have been so many studies on the internet, uh, the, the different clusters of your friends, all that kind of thing. Why are you into this group, that group, whatever it happens to be? What's your particular, as I say, your beef? And uh, and they know um, that different groups can be triggered too uh, if they're a bit unstable. There are even groups that are on the fringe who are unstable, the kind of paranoid types as well. 
and they know who they are. They've always known who they are with all the, the total information network system we're living under. So they know if they want to encourage them and also arm them, they can, they can get them to do crazy things and then disarm the rest of the population at the same time. Uh, that seems to be maybe the goal. Yeah, I just I wondered about the scenario if there if there was an emergency and uh, you know people are allowed to take the guns out of the home. So there's there's your your weapons are, are out of the home where the the government or the powers that be want them, and people are walking along the street with them on their hip or on their back or on the, the back of the truck or whatever, and then they turn up at the FEMA camp or whatever, and it would only take the slightest spark before yeah. bullets start flying. You know, yeah, and oh yeah. uh, as you say, it's 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 kind of they're trying to engineer some kind of like mass situation where, yeah. where it's basically a, a war on the street between the public and the troops. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, actually, we're, we're already kind of getting set up for all of that, the economic collapse system that, that they knew before they gave us free trade in the first place years and years and years ago that the, they'd eventually been deindustrialized. You'd, you'd go through a service economy period, and then, then that does not bring in all the money that government always wants for taxes and so on, if you're not producing from the raw material all the way through to the finished product, that there's less and less taxes. At the same time, you're, you're, you're paid on as a first world country, even though we're not really, uh, you're a first world country, and you're actually paying and subsidizing the third world countries coming on board with the free trade, we're subsidizing everything they do. So uh, eventually you get to that stage where you can't, you're, you're, you're simply running and you're out of steam and you can't print the dollars fast enough. So they knew that there'd eventually be a collapse with the whole system to bring in a brand new global system. So uh, there's many different there's say dogs in the fight here and many things to be achieved out of the, the, this one major situation that's definitely brewing uh, uh, in the US and globally too. Yeah, I mean, what's, what's the situation in Canada in, with regards to guns? Um... I think they're, uh, they have all their licensing, their background checks, all that kind of thing. At least they used to. And um, they, they, again, they know who's who. And they can be refused if they're mentally unstable. I've got a history of violence or a record or anything like that. So, uh, but there's less talk about that kind of thing going on right now. Uh, the first laws that came in were under Pierre Trudeau. Uh, before that, they didn't need any kind of uh, documentation to purchase say, rifles or anything like that, hunting rifles. Uh, Trudeau set the stage uh, for uh, the acquisition certificate, I think it was called at the time, and then they brought in uh, years later, again, a step-by-step process, uh, different uh, necessities to, to obtain a firearm to make it more and more difficult. And, uh, and at the same time, too, in certain communities, in, in Toronto and the big cities, yeah, you had nothing but uh, gang violence in the news for years from a lot of people who had been brought in, actually, from uh, uh, other countries. They lived all pretty well in the same area. They were all fighting each other for territory. And, but that gave the impression at the time there was nothing but gun violence. Gun, in fact, they had, a, uh, they had big headlines, Year of the Gun, things like that, to terrify the public. And, um, and at the same time, certain people who were worldwide communists, actually, revolutionaries, were brought in from South Africa, as spokespeople to ban the, the firearms in, in Canada. So uh, it, it kind of died a, a away for a long time, but uh, you, you can't get open carry or anything like that in Canada, uh, nothing like that. There used to be before Trudeau, apparently, but um, you can't get that. Uh, but you can, you can still, if you have the right certificates, you're taking the training, you can get your hunting rifle. 
Yes, yes. Um, I mean, that kind of thing might become more prevalent as the the what was it got the World Wildlife Fund and all those kind of people get in the way and start introducing wild animals to the the neighbourhoods. I just yeah. uh, read that they were going to introduce wolves back to Scotland. That's right. Yeah. You know, there's not much up in the hills for wolves to eat at the moment. I mean, there's there's hardly any sheep running about because they bring them all in or cattle or whatever. Um, and it's only a matter of time the the wolves will start following the polar bears and start coming into town. Yeah, well, they, they're at, they'll be decimating the deer, you know, in the highlands. There's no doubt about that. They'll decimate the deer. Uh, they, they brought them into, um, I think it was Yellowstone. There are documentaries in the States about that. And uh, they said there were just too many uh, uh, caribou or deer and so on. And uh, eventually, when wolves run in a pack and they've got plenty of game, they, they, don't, they only take the liver off the animal that they kill and leave all the rest, because they're pretty spoiled by that time. And that's what was happening there. They decimated the whole population pretty well of, of deer in that area. The same thing will happen in Scotland too. And then they, have, then they get really hungry, and then they start coming to towns, they go for pets, things like that, anything they get, get a hold of, sure. Yeah. Well, people. I get. And people too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I wonder, um, I mean, we, we hear so much about dogs um, biting people and the dogs have to be put down, so uh, they're going to introduce these wolves, they're going to decimate the wildlife population, as, uh, which the greenies are supposed to be protecting, and uh, and then they're going to go, go after the greenies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it, it's going to go full circle, and then they'll, then they'll be shouting that they want the wolves put down. Yeah. Yeah, once the, once the, <laughs> the countryside is decimated and the farms are all in, in ruins, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, Paula put in the chat box there that um, she'd she'd be quite happy to wear her, her firearm in public, but um, I, don't, I don't think in the in the scenario where you've got troops lying in the streets uh, leading you to a FEMA camp, it'd be that good of an idea. Um, yeah. I think I think I mean they might even you know say any, anybody with guns go to this side and anybody without guns go to that side, and uh, you know I think the sensible precaution there would be to to not show it at all. And uh, in Florida, it's still legal, apparently, to have an unregistered gun. So, um, I mean, if you've got an unregistered gun, you ain't going to show it to anybody, are you? No, but it'd be easy enough to get them in the States because there's such a drug trade there. They come in with the drugs. You know, all the documentaries and investigations have found uh, uh, gangs have no problem if they're dealing with drugs of getting imported firearms coming in on on ships, etc., on the coastlines. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, moving on. Well, I suppose we're talking about the Greenies there. Um, I, I, I don't generally watch television, and well, I didn't watch it for years until I came here. But I've um, been watching some of the programmes on kind of house renovations because we've got work to do in the house, and you know, I like cooking, and it's nice to kind of watch some cooking programmes for you have your dinner and stuff. And But what is really pissing me off with all of these things is uh, this um, overt, totally um, out in the open promotion of gays and lesbians. I mean, it's basically every second or third episode features a gay yeah. couple or a lesbian couple, mm-hmm. and and it's just—I mean, it's it's in your face, um, blatant. And it, and they must they must get these people in to camp it up as best they can as well, because they're not just, you know, your ordinary man and woman you see on the street where you you you, you wouldn't know they were gay or lesbian. These these mm-hmm. people are just put in there right in your face, and it's—I I mean, obviously it's deliberate, but. Um, I can't understand why more people don't complain about it. Uh, they're afraid to. Yeah. People have been taught for years now to be politically correct. So they, they know there's retribution at work or wherever um, 
if the word gets around that you don't, you, you're uncomfortable, or whatever you want to call it, with a particular thing. Um, the, the target groups you're talking about there, um, they're allowed to be uncomfortable uh, and complain about you, but if you, uh, you, you're uncomfortable with, with their mannerisms or, or their exhibitionism, put it that way, in your face type of thing, then you're not allowed to complain about it. So people have been taught this for years. We've been under scientific, uh, socialistic uh, indoctrination since about the 60s at least. And it's, now it's a few generations later, you're seeing the effects of it in, in public. And remember, too, the whole entertainment uh, industry is part of the whole world agenda of destruction of nations. And if you go into the Frankfurt School's documentation, they talked about reducing and destroying all that was, all normalities, everything that was to bring down society into this new global uh, structure. Uh, and that, that included uh, heterosexuality uh, and things like that too. So as well, remember too, I mean, how come all the media is on board with this all at the same time? There's no doubt about it. You definitely have a, a monopoly group um, running uh, all entertainment and deciding what's what you're going to get indoctrinated with because entertainment is the best and most efficient way of indoctrination. Uh, you, you'd be surprised how many ideas people pick up on, uh, and it's all through fiction um, because their guard is not up. They're not critically thinking or analyzing things. And with a visual medium um, and drama and so on, you can feel sorry for one group, the way it's portrayed, and feel guilty, even if you've got nothing to do with the the cause of anything, uh, feel guilty about it and so on. This has been used for many, many years. And then even in the, the, um, say, the African-American cultures and so on, uh, they've had had their indoctrination through the rap, uh, hate everybody, hate, hate cops, hate kill cops, all that kind of stuff. That was all from the entertainment industry, and they did not run the entertainment in- industry, believe you me. So uh, you have to go back into America's uh, Cultural Wars, a uh, book written uh, by someone who definitely had access to the CIA records, uh, talking about uh, this particular group in the CIA and so on, uh, being given authority to create a brand new culture for the United States of America and the West. And they brought in... Uh, <laughs> Uh, starting with jazz, it really didn't take on that well. And then they brought in uh, uh, all the, the real hard rock and so on uh, to destroy and separate generation from generation. That was all part of it too, and the drug industry. Yeah, I've actually heard some of the, these so-called uh, alternative indie bands uh, of, of this era uh, singing about global warming and all that rubbish oh, yeah. as well. Um, I, I mean, just thinking about the, the TV side, I think. I mean, the, the whole—I mean, the whole global warming thing seems to have disappeared. Uh, well, well, they had to because nature wasn't cooperating with them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, in terms of uh, what's portrayed on, on TV, there's, there's never a word spoken about it. Um, yeah. You know, if you, you watch the. the Paula's son watches the storm warnings sometimes because you kind of have to watch what's going on. Uh, but there's, n- there's never a word about um, climate change or any, anything in well, the weather. I, well, at the, at the, the IPCC and, and, and the United Nations there, uh, they, they, they realised, as I say, that, that so many scientists come out to refute what they were saying about global warming. As I say, nature wasn't cooperating at all. They had to drop that term and then they changed it to extreme climate uh, uh, weather and so on, or, or etc. So... Um, that's what they're sticking with now, uh, extreme climate uh, conditions. and, and Yeah, the, the last storm we were supposed to have was um, Hurricane Joaquin, 
and yeah. uh, it was supposed to come up the the east coast. Of, sorry, the yeah, the east coast of um, Florida, and then go up to I think it, it hit eventually up in North Carolina. But yeah. in the same week, they were saying that it was affecting Britain. I mean, it's 4,000 miles away. And yeah. uh, they were talking, oh, we're getting high winds because of this hurricane, blah, blah, blah. But, it, it, I mean, the winds were nowhere near there. They were going around in a circle and, and staying where they were, basically. Yeah. Uh, but they were using that as a, the excuse in Britain for bad weather. It was a hurricane that was caused. I, I suppose just to get the word hurricane into the psyche of the British people. Maybe they're going to give them some of them. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, maybe they're going to spray them into existence over there. Well, well that's it, too. But, I mean, you, you understand all the preparation that would end to the creation of this whole agenda. I mean, the Club of Rome, I've said it at the start, many have picked up on it, the Club of Rome were given the task as a think tank, uh, a globalist think tank, of, to find some way to bring in a world government and governance and a completely new way of life where the, the proper folk, the scientific community, would run our lives from birth to death, basically. That's what's all, all about. That's where we're heading. Uh, we're actually here. And, and they said in their own writing, The First Global Revolution, the book that published back in the 70s, they said um, uh, we were given the task, blah, 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 and they, they debated different uh, topics to see what they could use to terrify the public into giving up their, their so-called normal way of living. And they said uh, we hit on the idea that uh, 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 global warming uh, climate change um, and droughts, uh, famine, etc., disease, that would fit the bill. That would fit the bill. That's what they eventually settled on. Since then, you've got to remember, too, especially in the 90s, maybe the early 90s, you had the weather station came on. Now, who's going to sit and listen to 24 hours weather? You know? And I knew right off that that was part of the conditioning. And even in the, in the rest of the, the, the television shows, uh, when it came to the weather time on the news, uh, they, they, they really hyper-exaggerate uh, a little drizzle. And, oh, you're going to have 12 inches of rain and things like that. Everything became exaggerated, every single thing, to make you think that something was happening and things were really changing. Uh, and, and so uh, uh, there's a lot of preparation went into preparing our minds to accept all this rubbish. Yeah, I, I remember the, uh, the excuse for the train stopping the once in the, in the UK, it was it was either the wrong types of leaves were falling on the tracks, or it was a, the wrong type of snow. And uh, and but you're right when they talk about so many inches of rain. I mean, it's it's become so ridiculous now. That they've even gone the other way and say, well, you're going to get one inches one inch of snow. You better you know better leave early for work. You better do this. Mm-hmm. Because it's some mad panic, you know, yep. um, because of one inch of snow, which will be melted by the time you get out of your bed, more than likely. And um, this, uh, people have. Uh, got this thing going now with this um, the TV will give you this traffic light kind of thing, you know, green, amber and red for the, for the weather as if, as if to say, you know, if it's, a, if it's a red one, don't even step outside the door because it's too dangerous. Uh, and that's the key too uh, yeah, the weather stations and, and the, they started to dress up with an umbrella in front of the camera or whatever it happened to be or a fur coat for the cold and, and it's all chronology, it's preparing your minds for it, that's what it's about You there? Oh, I think we've lost Alan. Have we? Hello? I think we've lost Alan. Okay, we're, we're back with Alan. Don't know what happened there. Uh, we got cut off somehow. Um, where did we leave off, Alan? I lost my train of thought there. We're talking about the extreme weather and all this. 
how they're hyped up. And, and, and remember, too, what Bertrand Russell said, we shall eventually train the public not to think for themselves. Uh, we'll put experts on for every single thing until a mother even uh, wouldn't be able to change the, the, the child's uh, uh, diaper uh, without the expert advice. Whereas before, no one needed it. You know, you all learn from, from other families and your own family and things like that. Uh, so they've trained us that way, and that's why they come on the weather stations and so on with an umbrella or a, or a fur coat and a dumb things like that, as though you're a, in the movie Idiocracy. Uh, they're get, you're getting trained not to think for yourselves. In fact, even disregard what you see yourself when you look out the window. Take their, their, uh, what they say is true and forget your own um, discrimination. That's what it's all about, too, is training you to, to only believe experts. Yeah. It was funny, I was, I was watching the uh, the weather when this um, Hurricane Joaquin was supposed to be coming on and they, they showed you this chart with all these lines going all over the place that, that where it was going to track to and all the rest of it and they, had, they, had, they said at the time there was 21 computer models showing them different routes it was going to take Yeah. and I mean if that doesn't tell anybody that the models don't work at all no. then you know what does but they actually mentioned they had 21 uh, models done of where this thing could go based on all these parameters and uh, it ended up somewhere where they never forecast. Exactly. And it's the same thing with, with the standardized computer models they're using for, supposedly, for all the experts that work for the IPCC and all the, the, the weather uh, uh, men who are making fortunes now with the massive grants give, given to them as though they're royalty, where before they were nothing at all. Uh, but uh, this is the con of, of deception and... Um, They've got to hype everything up. Now, if they get 21 different responses from that, you can take 21 res- different responses at least from predictions of the future as well. <laughs> yeah, I did get that wrong. Um, going back to the, the TV thing, another thing I wanted to mention was um, food. Now, I mean, I like cooking. I used to have a cafe and stuff, and uh, I, just, I just like to get some new techniques or learn about new foods. There's a lot of different things over here I'm, I'm not familiar with, so it's, you know, it's handy to see them on TV and how people prepare them and the rest of it, um, but the, the way they um, they push foods now, it's like oh you know they've got to have less of this, less salt, less sodium, yeah. less this, less that, and I, I sit there thinking, well if if that's what they're saying, I'm going to have more of it, and I, I've always kind of been that way inclined, and it's never done me any harm so far, yeah. um, but all, they've got this thing here which I, I'd never seen before uh, in the UK, and it's called half and half, and it's supposed to be some kind of uh, light cream thing. Yeah. And you try and boil it down to make a sauce, and it it takes you about half an hour, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and it tastes of nothing. Yes. Uh-huh. You know. But um, I, another thing which I kind of look at, it, they're they're saying use less of this, less of that. Of course, you're sitting at home, you can't taste this stuff. And of course, they're going, oh, this is delicious, this is delicious. And then you try and make it yourself, and you think, well, no, it's not actually. There's no taste of it whatsoever because yeah. you've taken all the taste out of it by introducing less and less and less and less of this and that and the next thing the things that made it taste good and I, I, I don't know if they've done something to affect people's taste buds or whatever but um, the, the stuff you get in the store is just dreadful I mean there's, there's no taste yeah. it whatsoever I mean it, it doesn't matter what it was starting in the 90s it really became noticeable in Canada uh, where all the meat it didn't matter if it was pork or beef or whatever all tasted the same I'm not kidding you it was so bad and part of the reason, perhaps, is because they're all getting fed the same genetically modified corn. Uh, uh, same with the chickens and all the rest of it. Uh, so um, it's changing even the consistency and type of meat of, of natural animals and so on. 
So uh, we're, we're getting trained into this austerity agenda. It's austerity. That's, that's the whole point of it. I keep talking about, about austerity and how we are supposed to go down to almost a third world country status with austerity, all for the global good, you understand. And um, they're training us all through all, all kinds of medium of entertainment and so on, television. I don't have a TV. I don't watch it at all. I haven't watched it for years because I, I know it's a weapon. That's, that's its purpose. And, and, uh, and it's sure it's ongoing all the time, too, right down to what you think is trivial. Cooking shows uh, are all getting sponsored and big grants from the government to insert different things into their shows. Yeah, yeah well, one, one of the ads I've got down here is, uh, as I say, Monsanto.com. It's a big ad now for Monsanto, just right in your face, you know. And yeah. it's, it's inserted in between the, the cooking programs, so of course people are going to go and look at that and say, oh, GM food's good for you. Yeah, it's going to feed the world. <laughs> yeah, as if, yeah. Um, it's, I mean, in terms of, going back to what we're talking about, the, the wolves um, in Scotland, I mean, Scotland's not got a large population. Uh, I don't know exactly how many are indigenous people in Scotland now. Uh, I know there was when I was there back in 1999, it was said it was about 5 million people there. Um, at, le- at least 10% of them were immigrants, I think. Yeah, well, Scot- Scots now are endangered species. Yeah. Yeah, well, they will be when the wolves get in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, they are already, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, t- in terms of the... I mean, Scotland at one time was cited as one of the, the most self-sustained countries in the world, if it was allowed to do it. Um, and... Th- the, the evidence of that is they could they could afford to export all the cattle and sheep to New Zealand and places like that and, uh, and still have enough to feed themselves. Yep. But in terms of uh, bringing the wolves back, that's going to obviously affect the farmers. Now, the the yep. farmers are going to have to go out and uh, presumably get some kind of permit to cull the wolves if they're if they're coming on the land or whatever. They won't be allowed to. They won't be allowed to. It's called the rewilding agenda, and you can find it in the United Nations. And uh, the whole idea. Uh, and remember that whenever the UN comes out with an agenda, when they're reaching the goal of an agenda, they then go on to the next step and the next step, and the next, it's never ending. So under the the, 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 the um, human habitat and all the rest of it, agendas, all under the United Nations, and sustainability, and animal corridors and human corridors up and through uh, along highways, maybe a few miles each side of the highway, that's where the humans are to be allowed to live. And Maurice Strong of Canada was a guy working for the United Nations that helped set all, all of that up. The Biodiversity Treaty is part of it. Um, what they're doing is preparing the world, while you're alive, for the next generation or the next generation where there'll be a vastly reduced population. And the population that will exist will be to, to really um, massively, massive corporation run, basically. No private property, no private farms things like that. That's all to do with what they're doing now. They're putting in carnivores and killers in amongst you while you're still alive and no one's objecting to it. What does that tell you? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But when, uh, when wild animals get onto the farms, then the farms are, are finished, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, that's it. As you say, the, the, big, the big groups like Monsanto and that will move in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I guess we'll see more and more ads from, from yep. them. And I know it's happened in Bulgaria. The the big companies from um, Scandinavia, in particular, have come down and bought uh, huge tracts of lands down land down there, and they've got the signs at the side of the road, you know, st- which whichever company owns that field. Yeah. But um, you know, it's good to see the gypsies running and stealing their stuff. But uh, <laughs> that's another story. Um, I mean, but I mean, that says it all. I mean, really, that uh, 
you know, you've got these big companies move into very, very poor countries and, you know, they, they go into this mass, mass agriculture. Um, the local shops can't compete with it anymore. Um, so they, they start to disappear now. You've seen the big supermarkets moving in there uh, with all the, the junk food in them, of course. And the only, the only ones that can sustain, sustain themselves anymore in Bulgaria are the, are the old people who have always done it. And they're, they're living off the back garden, basically. Um, but I, I think it was spoken before. Uh, when I first went over there back in, I think it was 2004, uh, it was the first time I was over. And basically, there were donkeys, chickens, geese, everything you yeah. could want to, to live on, just walking around the streets. Right. And uh, every, all the chickens and donkeys knew where they lived as well. <laughs> they'd go back to the house and the, you know, the, the guy would bring the goats back and just put them into the village square and they'd all walk off to their own house. Yeah. But... Um, once they joined the EU, of course, they started going after the... The first thing they went after was the bees, actually, and stated that uh, they had to be kept at least 300 metres from uh, a domestic dwelling, which, of course, was, was no good to anybody because they kept them in the back garden. And, it, and if they didn't have a, a tractor land somewhere that they could put them on, then they had to stop doing the bees. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, more recently, they started going after the, the, the pigs, and saying it's, yeah. it's unhygienic to have the pig in the back garden. Well, they've mm -hmm. been doing it for thousands of years and it's never harmed yeah. anybody yet. Yeah. And, then, and then what they did, again, was the the whole uh, feed for the, the chickens and the geese was basically trebled in price, so they couldn't keep them anymore. And it, basically the only thing they've got now is uh, the chickens for, for eggs. Really, they can't, even, they can't even afford to have that many chickens to feed for eating anymore. Uh, it's just for, for laying eggs. But, I mean, that's, that's an attack on on people who did sustain themselves. Well, that's, it's a, yeah, they're trying to destroy uh, independence and, and uh, sustainability of their own selves, basically, for themselves. That must be eradicated, and it, we're going, we've been going through the process for a long time, actually, yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still good to, to drive through there, and you see, in the wintertime, they've got cabbages planted right up to the road. Uh, yeah. it doesn't matter, it doesn't, they don't care if it's the government's land or not. They just they just put it right up to wherever they want to. Mm -hmm. And and nobody complains about it. I mean, the, the, the cops don't stop them because they're doing exactly the same thing themselves. Yeah. They live in the villages as well. Um, but I, I wonder about these countries when they actually do start to really hammer it. Um, they, they're still in that kind of um, agricultural kind of mindset. Mm -hmm. Well, even even although the children have gone off to the big cities for for work, they still come back at the weekends and stuff. And yeah. uh, they, 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 you know, they cook in the back garden with an open kitchen. It's it's not it's not sealed off in the weather, and they just pull some shutters down in the winter when it gets too cold. But they still cook outside. They still everything comes off the land. Um, it, so even this, the next generation, like people in their twenties and thirties, are still kind of in that kind of mindset where y you do eat off the land. Mm -hmm. You know and I mean, it's, it's got to be harder to try and change those people, although, as you say, the, the TV will do its work as well. But, I, I mean, do you think there will be some kind of um, pushback against that? There'll be pushback, but government always uses the same tactics. Uh, I mean, Canada and the States and different places, uh, Monsanto was given free reign, basically, to go after farmers where they claimed that, for instance, their GM seed had uh, gone onto folks' property. And you were immediately charged. There was no questions asked. It was on your property, and it was a two or three stocks, uh, and it blew by the wind or came off a truck and so on. It didn't matter. It was you were guilty, and that was it. You, you were fined until you were bankrupt, and you're out of business. And that's the same technique they'll use over there too. They'll, they'll, they can take a few uh, cases. They'll really publicise it. 
and and people become terrified and afraid and so on, and and they'll, they'll eventually they'll give up as well. You either join the GM crowd and buy all their pesticides along with the seed cap in hand because that you're not independent anymore. You don't have your own seed anymore. That's the whole agenda that you cannot be independent at all. Uh, that, that that's completely the agenda. Sums it all up right there. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not. Um hear too much about what's, what went on in India after, you know, all those farmers committed suicide. I think it was, yeah. was 100,000 a year were committing suicide or something. Yeah, Rothschild bought up most of uh, the farms for corporate uh, farming. Yeah, yeah we, we don't hear much of the crops being grown there now, is, is my point. Like, uh, if, if they're growing anything at all. Are they, are they... Well, they poisoned all the wells. There was a massive thing after that, too. They poisoned all the wells with uh, pesticides uh, when, again, uh, We'll say the Western boys moved in to buy them in and just joined all the different farms together to be massive uh, corporate farms. Uh, and uh, the, the, the pesticides was going through, traveling through the water into all the different local wells and poisoning them. So now they're, they're, they can't even get to proper drinking water now. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah, I, I guess there are other resources there that they want as well, apart from agriculture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, in terms of uh, going back through history, the spices, for a start, were very valuable. And uh, I don't know what the the um, medicinal properties of them all are, but there certainly are a lot of medicinal properties in, in real spices. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, perhaps that's something they're trying to eradicate as well, because, uh, you know, I mean, uh, a story, uh, Paulus' father would have been involved in, he, he, he wouldn't let the agricultural people on his land, the government people at all, yeah. And he just did his own thing and ignored them, basically. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the, the, the folks in India, I mean, they're, they're, they have no defence either. They don't have guns, do they? Um, and I remember being in India and the, the police over there being brutal, basically. Yeah. Uh, to the point where I, I hailed a, a rickshaw one night and the guy pulled over. And the next thing, two of these cops came over with their, their big um, bamboo canes and, and wanted to beat the crap out of the driver for some reason. And I said, I'm just getting a cab. You know, what's, what's the problem here? Yeah. And, uh, but, I mean, the, the, do, do you think the like Western farmers will come to that point where it's, it's just the bully boys will come in the land and say, well, you know, so-and-so, Monsanto or whoever, DuPont has uh, bought this farm off you, you're bankrupt, uh, get off? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and also, um, don't forget that two Monsanto were, uh, were used in the same group that were Blackwater to do all the, the, the heavy uh, work, the heavy man work that moved in to threaten everybody. Uh, you know, they had they persecuted a farmer out west in Canada for for years, and he went to court and after time after time after time, and I think he lost everything because of the, you can't you know you have to pay for your own defence and everything else. Uh, so the same thing is to be a worldwide agenda. Remember, everything that's happening here is to be a global agenda. Global means complete, total, no exceptions. Yeah, I mean, father's putting it in the chat box. You drive down, you know, uh, Highway 27 here, and there's a whole lot of land, no, no, empty, completely empty. There's, there's yeah. nothing. There's no wild. There's no uh, sorry, um, domesticated farm animals or, or any of that stuff in it, and. You know, every every time we go past these things, I say, ah, too many people, aren't there? There's just too many people, you know. But there's all this land lying completely empty, and, and yeah. barely a house anywhere to be seen on the horizon, you know. And it, I mean, I, I don't know what it's, it takes to, to get people's heads around that. The fact that there's so much land not being used. And I, I, you know, I've mentioned it to you before. When when I lived in Ireland, I was I was surrounded by farmers. I was the only one growing anything. Yeah. You know. And uh, I, I spoke to the, the local farmer and 
you peach over the fence and say, oh, that's a fine crop of potatoes you've got there, blah, 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 and all this kind of thing. I'm saying, why aren't you growing any? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it just, it seemed like as if it wasn't his job to grow any. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't his job to be a farmer. Mm-hmm. You know, although he owned all this land and he had some cattle and stuff, but uh, that's all he did. See, government since World War Two, because really it took over the farming industry in World War Two, and uh, they've never let go. They've, they've become more and more intrusive and, until you... And for, again, they put the, the bait out, you know, the mousetrap, they call it, where they give farmers uh, tax breaks for going along with certain government policies and so on, until eventually they were getting paid not to gross things on their farms and leaving fields empty for years, doing nothing... And uh, that was all part of the, the whole agenda. Uh, what happens then is that the, the children growing up uh, don't see anything getting grown and the money's coming in, it's okay. And then when they want to go into it, there's no money left and the farm is gone. Uh, farming is a traditional thing. It's passed on through families. That's what independence was all about. And remember, before the Great Depression in the 20s, as you call it, um, I think it was 97% of the people in the U.S. lived uh, on the land. Afterwards, it drastically reduced, and now it's completely reversed. Uh, so uh, they've been getting people off the land for a long, long time. That's also part of the very, very old agenda of bringing folk into the human habitat areas, uh, forcing them in by all means they can, they can possibly do, coercion, you name it, uh, and until they can't afford to live on the land and get them into these, these overcrowded cities. That's all part. That's a megacity projects uh, that the United Nations pushed. They call them super cities. That was a, a mandate from United Nations a few years ago where you'd have to amalgamate all the small townships into one because it's easier for the UN to deal with one bunch of mayors or, or one mayor and all the rest of it than a whole bunch of them. Uh, so we're, we're well on the way to, to, to getting stuffed into the, the cities that are overcrowded. And they'll get you off the land one way or another. Simply make it impossible for you to eventually buy gasoline to, to run your vehicle and so on. Or, or simply, under Agenda 21, also called the Millennium Project, uh, you'll find that uh, uh, it's to be essential vehicles only. That's what they say. For folk in the cities, it's to be public transportation uh, for them. Uh, but uh, essential vehicles for civil servants, cops, and ambulance and fire. No private property, rental only. And eventually, uh, and this is this is all in the books. You know, I've gone through, done a lot of shows on all this, and um, and that's where we're heading. We're being coerced into the mega cities, so they can actually meet this big this big big meeting coming up. By the way, this is the the, the final cap for this year on, on sustainability and the climate and the carbon taxes and all the rest of it is in December in Paris. Remember, and every country is sending their their. their they're paid bigwigs to go over there and uh, just sign the deal. It's all been arranged for years. They go over and sign them, uh, and, and a big party, of course. But you wait and see about the cost of living in the country when they've signed this, because if you create any kind of pollution, or what they'll claim is pollution, or wasn't what wasn't called pollution at one time, just by living in the country, uh, you're going to be fined out of existence. Yeah, yeah I mean, the one thing that astonished me when I came to the States was the actual cost of electricity. Uh, and water here compared to to Britain. I mean, I thought it was expensive in Britain until I came yeah. here. But uh, I mean, it's it's astronomical here, and uh, how it's justified is, is anybody's guess because it's it's just it's just crazy. Uh, but um, in, ter- in terms of like the the whole public transport agenda, I mean, we live in I wouldn't even call it a, a city. It's more like a big town. I mean, it's still got all the the usual you know. Um, 
stores and everything on the on the main street. But um, and there's a lake in the middle of it, and the houses kind of go around that. But um, there's, you rarely see a bus here. I think there's only actually one that uh, mm-hmm. goes along the main street, and uh, yep. the train station. All I've seen on that is um, transportation trains. I don't see any passenger trains coming through it. So I mean, there's still there's still parts of the the states, I guess, who who haven't been kind of forced onto public transport yet. Yep. There's another way to look at this too. They've been prattling on about creating the public transportation for rural areas since they started harping on about sustainability and so on years and years ago. How come they haven't put them in? That, that tells you you aren't going to be able to move anywhere unless you can get uh, gasoline. And if they eventually pull the garages, uh, the gas stations out of those areas, yeah, that's huge. Or else they'll give you an extra uh, charge because you're burning more gasoline than, than those folk in the cities or whatever, uh, and uh, you'll be fined for it as well. That's all part of this, this deal coming up in December. Yeah, I, I mean, I did notice that uh, in the UK, the amount of gas stations that shut down uh, in kind of villages and stuff, and you had, you had to drive 10 miles to fill your tank. So, I mean, how, how can that yeah. be uh, environmentally friendly? Yeah, and if they, don't put, if they don't put the buses in or the trains in, then they, they don't intend for you to be living in the same areas in, in the next, within the next few years. Yeah, yeah we, had, we had a chat with Paul when, when we came here. This is, it's, it's amazing they've never done anything to develop this lake at all. They've got a, yeah. they've got a path goes around it where they've got, uh, again, part of the whole uh, kind of mind control kind of thing. They've got these little um, exercise points you can stop at. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got a big char, and you're supposed to do all these exercises, and and you see these people stepping up on these boards and doing the push-ups and all this, following oh, this little geez. program, and yeah. you think, what a moron! You know, yeah. you come out for a walk, and uh, you've ruined it by stopping at these things every every mile or so to do an exercise. Yeah, you know, and and you see people going around on roller skates, and you think, uh-huh. well, just why not just walk? I know. Well, that this is the training they've had for years. Yeah. They've been trained into it, all these people. They don't really have minds of their own. And they're, what they're showing you, too, is that they're good little citizens. Um, by doing all the right things, uh, that's been pushed uh, for behavior modification. You know, they, they'll accept the whole left agenda as they see it. Uh, they'll, they'll have no problems at all with all the different gender squabbles. And uh, and they're, they're showing off in public, too, that they've been, they've been told to ride bicycles, uh, look at me, I'm riding a, a bicycle and they've got their little, you know, name brand shorts on or whatever it happens to be. Uh, again, MIT and other universities have made tremendous studies on these particular social phenomenons and how it's working on the general public. Is it working or is it not? And of course it is working on, on quite a lot of them. Yeah, yeah I, d- I did see I mean, one guy, he's got he's got two children and he's got one of these double uh, push chair things and he jogs along with that and I think, what? Well, what damage is that doing to the children? You know, mm-hmm. bouncing all over the place. And was, I, I looked out the window one day, and there was this this woman in her jogging gear, and she was almost kind of standing still. And I, I said, "What is she doing?" And I looked out, and she was pulling a tire behind her on a rope, oh. in the street. And I said, yeah, said, "What a fool! She, she'll kill herself." And this yeah. was this is when it was like ninety five degrees, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and she was doing this stuff, and um, it's just I madness. Guess. Well, it is madness. And I believe you me, you're going to see an awful lot of madness once they really start enforcing all the laws they've put in the books over the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I mean, what, um, what are you looking at in particular at the moment, or are you just looking at a kind of wide range of things? Well, I look at the whole thing coming together as planned. Uh, people think that they're behind it in what they're doing. No, they're not, not behind at all. 
And when they bring on uh, the next big uh, global cl- uh, cl- uh, clash, actually, uh, I think they have an upcoming meeting very shortly, or if it's maybe on right now in Peru with IMF and uh, the World Bank and all the, again, the globalists who control the financial system of the entire planet now. Um, then once they bring on the next crash, that'll be the, the catalyst for the final part, the push of like, we can't go on like this. We've got to be sustainable. We're, we're impoverished. We've got to share. We've got to live in our, our communitarian areas. Uh, all the buzzwords that have been given us for years from the United Nations. And, and people will have to go along with it because or they'll starve to death. I mean, they really mean what they say, these people. Remember, we're so trained into believing that war is, is there's the soldiers, they're killing those guys over there and they're fighting back. War takes many forms, and this is the biggest war that's been going on for years, is a war on the minds of the general public until they're not their minds anymore. They're totally indoctrinated. It's over 100 years old, the agenda. And uh, through communication means, even starting with the radio, they've been pumping away with behavior modification uh, until it's a, it's a very precise art today. Um, they know how much of a percentage of the public will adapt to changes uh, as they're told to adapt, to be good. You see, they all want to be good. If I'm good, I'll be left alone. I won't get persecuted and so on. Uh, and those who, who will not, so they, they know exactly the percentages. They, they, and they know uh, that the, 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 the minority of folk who won't be too happy with this whole world agenda is getting smaller and smaller all the time as well. So... Um, the, the total war is a total war. This is what's called total war. It's economic. It's, uh, it's coercion uh, by law, constant laws, international treaties that, that are worked out years before they actually sign them. And, um, and it's ongoing, but uh, they need the big uh, economic crash to bring in the grand finale, like we can't go on living like this. We can't just uh, go to school and, and, and decide what you want to work at. We've got to bring in the whole agenda where the where government agencies, etc., cetera, uh, with, uh, the, in bed with the giant corporations, will decide what you're going to be when you grow up, just like the Soviet Union used to be. And uh, that, that's what they, they're hoping for next. Is the, the, it's a planned takedown of uh, societies across the planet, especially the first world countries. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, you mentioned Lima there. Uh, it's, was it 40 years ago they signed the, the Lima Declaration? Yeah. Yeah, 40, where they shipped all the jobs off to the, the Far East. Oh, yeah, and they knew before they did it that once they put you in a service economy, you can only paddle in the pool for so long until you sink. That was all discussed with Britain many years ago, back in the, in the 70s, in fact, when they talked about Britain. That's how it was described by the top economists in Britain. Uh, if we're not producing anything, we're not productive and creating from start to finish finished materials, then all you've got is a service economy for taxation. Uh, and and you, that you only paddle in the pool until you're tired out and you drum, and that's where we are now. It was planned that way. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you don't have any anything to service, you don't have an economy, do you? Yeah, well, the thing is, what I mean by service is you're importing stuff and passing it around until to the consumer. That's all. Yeah, yeah, or, or serving coffee. Yeah, 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 or looking after the aged or things like that. You know, communitarianism they call it. You know, uh, somebody in the chat box uh, put the question up. Have they made any mistakes? Maybe, I suppose in the past and in more recent times. Um, remember too, uh, when they, when they, when you think about mistakes, 
when you push too hard in a certain area and they monitor how they're pushing themselves and, and they, they watch the effects, they'll back off a little bit for just for a little while and divert you or also change the, the title or the name of part of the agenda just like they did with uh, Agenda 21. The United Nations had it on their website to their own members that there are myriad of thousands of NGOs and so on. Stop using the term Agenda 21. Call it Millennium Projects. So, uh, that, so everybody who was watching Agenda 21 just went back to sleep. Well, they're not mentioning it. I guess it died off. No, it didn't. It transformed into it. And now the Millennium Project has just been signed again uh, for the next 15 years. This is how they do it. They sign on. This is a long... T- Remember, this old Soviet plan uh, was done from the very beginning with five-year plans, 10-year plans, 15, 20-year plans, 50-year plans, and 100-year plans. That's what developed into the United Nations, and they're using the same system. It's an ongoing uh, agenda. For, for it's, been, it's been on the go before you were born, and it's still on the go, yeah. Basically, they haven't really made a mistake, because I mean, you've mentioned many times before, they've always got the, the chessboard laid out, and they, they know if, if something goes out, a slightly deviates from where they want to go, they've, they've got another scenario to bring it back. They've got plan B, C, D, E, F, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there are no mistakes, basically. I've never seen anything being changed and stopped in my lifetime. And I've followed all this for my lifetime. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's only a, a time scale, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's going to happen one way or another. Sure. Um, and you know, I've asked you before, do you think there's any other way out of it? But um, I, 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 I've come to the conclusion, like, like yourself, no, there isn't. Because I, I don't see people changing enough to... Well, well the, th- the thing is, people can't change because... As time goes on, each generation gets more and more indoctrinated from the school uh, and onwards. And even preschool, they're indoctrinated. Every kindergarten place has the, uh, the, the world map on their walls and so on, you know, and global terminology, global, global, global. And then they get their indoctrination through the school. So they're more further into the system uh, than the predecessors. Yeah, um, which is a sad indictment on, on you know, with, I've always thought when you're driving along the street and you see the children coming out of school, you think, you know, what future do these guys have? None, none whatsoever. That, that, well, I mean, they'll think they have a future. They'll think they're doing all the right things and, uh, you know, as you say, being good citizens. But, um, I mean, if we talk to their grandparents and the grandparents will say, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you, why is your uh, whole thing, why are, you, why are you studying fashion? Why are you doing these things yeah. that are meaningless, you know? But um, they think that's the kind of pinnacle of their achievement is going to be to, to design a dress for somebody or, or, or something like that. When, you know, their, their grandfathers, their great-grandfathers, or even their fathers, some of them, um, would have actually built machinery to, to, to do, do tasks and stuff and uh, actual yeah. tangible things you can, you can hold on to and uh, work. Practical uh, things, yeah. Yeah, it's like a shovel. I'll make a shovel to dig a hole, you know. Um, Talking to show, we just we just broke two shovels recently because uh, they're just made in China or something, and uh, they don't last five minutes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, go, go back to Paulus. You understand too. I mean, years and years ago, if you went to the third world countries, you, you would find the stuff that's getting dumped here now was getting dumped on them back then, right down to the electrical appliances and even wall outlets and things like that. Uh, they, they, they put the wall outlets in, and the darn thing would, would fry on the wall. You'd watch it smoking. It's happening here now. I tried it here. I got bought some. It had all the usual stamps on it. It was all approved, blah, blah, blah. And the darn thing blew every fuse in the place. 
Uh, so uh, we're, we're getting the third world products that the third world was given. We are now a third world, really, yeah. Yes, you are, yeah. Maximize the profit, that's what the companies say, you know, and uh, the, the more everything's monopolized by literally a handful of people, uh, then uh, uh, the more you're, they can screw every penny you earn out of you for things, well, do you, need, do you want it or not? You know, we got it, you need it. Here's what we want for it. We'll maximize the profit until you end up with plastic bits in the cars that melt off in the engine compartment, things like that. Uh, uh, wherever they could save a, a, a fraction of a penny in profit and mass production, they've done it, basically, yeah, until things have become non, non-functional eventually. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you could make a fraction of a penny saving on, what, five million units, yeah. then you're making a lot of money. Um, just uh, we've got three minutes left. Uh, any, anything coming up that uh, you're keeping your eye on? Yeah, I'm watching the whole um, coming together uh, from United Nations of all, a lot of their agendas, as I say, right down to December with the, uh, the terrifying prospect of all the carbon taxes, energy taxes, uh, and so on and so on. It's going to come down the pipe. Written years ago, the discos are city for a booze up, and they pick up the prostitutes that are brought in for them, all the global leaders. Uh, and I'm not kidding about that, too. I know reporters have been in and, uh, and seen it all happening. But uh, I'm watching the, really the, the, the takedown financially as, as your currency has become devalued uh, and, and constantly in actual purchasing power. Uh, and the prices go up and up and up. And the wages are not. Uh, that's if you're working at all. And uh, we've got a massive welfare system, too, in America, which cannot, it's, that's not sustainable. You know. It's not sustainable. Not, not with a service economy. It's not. That's what happened to Britain too. Yeah, yeah and of course, that, then they'll, they'll point the finger at the, the unemployed and the, the disabled yeah. and whatever, and say, "Well, well, there's too many people." Until you get folk killing each other to get a job at, you know, some coffee store or some some chain. Mm-hmm. I, I remember being in um, IKEA over in in uh, Edinburgh, and many years ago, and they started bringing in in um, disabled people. For, for want yeah. of a better term, and I, I, you, you look at it, and they, they weren't physically able to do what was expected of them uh, through no fault of their own, of course. Sure. Um, but they were employed, um, and I, I thought, you know, this the guy who owns IKEA is a bit of a hermit, and apparently he's into all this um, Agenda Twenty One stuff. You've got the little tiny home in there that they display for. I think it's seventy-five square feet or something, yeah. and they, they they have a big placard up saying, "Oh, here's your seventy-five square feet home, or your one hundred and twenty-five square feet home, whatever it is," and you're basically living in a, a cupboard. Uh, and everything's yeah. in there, and yeah. but he, you know, you see that the people like shopping in IKEA, uh, looking at the the these employees who who can't do the job, and they, they kind of point the finger, say, why have they got a job here? Uh, you know, they should they should be somewhere else, you know, mm-hmm. and you can see them going down that path of saying these people are a burden. Oh sure, I mean that's already there. That uh, um, the, the the burden on society thing was first used with unemployed. Uh, and then they simply expand that that term to include the other folk too. Again, remember too, if you're disabled, you fall under sustainability. Well, this is unsustainable supporting you, you know. Another thing they're doing too is saying, well, it's unsustainable to have electricity lines being maintained all the way to your rural area. That's part of it, Agenda 21 as well. Yeah, and I've also heard that they want, uh, I think it's in Britain, they want the factories to shut down at 4 o'clock, 4 yeah. till 8 or something. 
Uh, well, I mean, what's that going to do for people's jobs? <laughs> yeah, I know. And meanwhile, too, the, the, the borders are wide open, everybody's coming in, the cost of settlement, settling them in and, and the welfare system in a country that's producing pretty well nothing except debt. Uh, well, where, where, where do you expect that to go? <laughs> it's going where it's supposed to go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, Alan, uh, that's our up again. Uh, interesting chat. Um, we'll speak to you again next month. Sure enough, okay. Yeah, take care. Okay, take just care. stay in the line now. Thank you.